Welcome back to Real Voices of the Game. I'm Dave D'Agostino, and I'm joined here by my co-host and star of this show, Tanner D'Agostino, and this is The Sauce, episode 418 on our network. just want to thank our supporters really quickly, 64,000. We should hit that by the end of the day today. Uh, appreciate the support. Uh, make sure you download, listen, like, subscribe, rate, review, write some great comments. Got some good questions from the audience today for Tanner. He's going to tie a bow around this college football season. Also, uh, we just want to thank our sponsors. Uh, we've got Jaw Bats, brand new back company, certified for Major League Baseball usage. Our friend Jeff Fry is using one down in fantasy camp for the Red Sox right now, and Tanner's been using the M110 model, both lefty and righty. Uh, feels like it's, it's evenly distributed both ways, so he's been making great use of that. RBG at checkout gets you all caps, gets you a 15% discount. And then with Blackout Coffee, Be Awake, Not Woke, uh, you see Tanner's been promoting AMBS uh, the last couple weeks. So use his code at checkout, KEVIK, K-E-V-I-K, 20. That'll get you 20% off on your coffee purchase on Kevin Kernan, our host of Coaching Kernan. And then also after that, you can use the link for 15% in perpetuity. So with that, I uh, want to welcome the sauce, uh, Tanner, back to his show. Tanner, welcome back to your show. Uh, thank you for doing another episode of the sauce. I'm excited. And I think we got some good topics. Yeah. So we had some questions from the audience this past week. So a little bit different format than normal, but not, nothing too crazy. We figured we'd, uh, we have a little avatar that we created off of, uh, kind of an offshoot of toy story show you used to watch when you were a kid. I don't do you still watch it every now and then. Okay. All right. You got a friend in me. So, well, we have a, there's a character they have called Forky, and we put kind of a question out there to our audience. We have an avatar actually called Sporky. So it's that spoon fork model like they'd use at Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, with the, the spoon with the little prongs at the end of it. So um, we'll have our voice on next week. we got a voiceover working on Sporky for us. So, uh, But first question from the audience, if it's okay to start asking, the uh, Ohio State now obviously had great season by anybody else's means, but a you know, based on Ohio State fans, disappointing because they hinge their entire season on the Michigan game and the Big Ten championship, which is Michigan does the same thing. But uh, Ryan Day went out and hired offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien, former NFL head coach, former longtime Patriot uh, coordinator, Alabama coordinator. Uh, he's he's been around, worked with some some really good guys. But what are your thoughts on that move by Ohio State? Not a great hire, uh, in my opinion. He hasn't really been great the last couple jobs he's been at. Started out good as a head coach in Houston. He ended up getting fired because they stalled out pretty bad late in his uh, career in the NFL. Then he went to Alabama. They he I think he got out before they fired him. He uh, wasn't great at Alabama. So now, let's go backwards now. You mentioned Houston. Before Houston, he was at Penn State, correct? He took... If we can think that far back, the Joe, Joe Paterno, all that stuff that kind of was taking Penn State down, O'Brien stepped up and really got that program through some tough times. 
and now uh, went to the NFL two years later. And I think James Franklin was the immediate successor and has done well. Franklin's done well there. Probably not where Penn State people want him to be, but certainly he's the, probably the third or fourth best team in the Big Ten. Uh, that'll remain to be seen this season. But I think there's still still be a preseason top ten program. They've got a lot of guys returning. So O'Brien, you know, he came out of the gates blazing. And I thought he did a really good job in the NFL to start. But he had a lot of responsibilities in Houston, correct? He had a young quarterback with Deshaun Watson. Was he not the GM and head coach? He was also the GM, yeah. Okay. So when they fired him there, was it, I mean, based on if you can, you, you were probably two. Um, but uh, as you look back and researched it, was he a better GM than he was a head coach, vice versa? Was he bad at both? Was he mediocre at both? What was the assessment on that experience? Well, he was definitely worse at being a GM than he was a head coach. A lot of responsibility, though. Not, not yeah. Very few people can do it, if any at all. He was a solid head coach. I think if he wasn't the GM, he wouldn't have been fired, at least as soon as he was. But he made a bad trade in retrospect. DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson, that wasn't a great trade. And I think him being a GM is what got him fired, but... I think he would have eventually been fired as a head coach. From from what I can remember, too, is they wanted him to relinquish the GM duties, and he wouldn't. And that, that kind of led to the, the, the downward spiral of his NFL time. Now, he resurfaced in college football. Nick Saban seems to go where it's like the, the, the uh, boneyard for coaches when they, they need to get revitalized. They, uh, they come on and they do – an experience with Nick Saban. So uh, he, he was with Saban for a while. Who was the who was the quarterbacks when he was there? Do you remember? Bryce Young was his quarterback when he was there. So Bryce Young, the quarterback, had a good career. Mm-hmm. Was he the Heisman? He was. He won the Heisman. Yeah. Okay, so that's not a bad little mark on positive mark on O'Brien's resume. No, it's a good mark. Uh, I don't know how much of that was Bill O'Brien. I think a lot of that was Alabama's receivers and Bryce Young being top-tier prospect. Okay. So you think Bryce Young uh, would have done it regardless? Yeah. Okay. So with, um, you know, he had, he was, uh, and then he had a chance to work with the kid that was their quarterback this year. Uh, yeah. Okay. And who, who was that? How was that experience? There was some back and forth in the media on that, correct? Yeah. Uh, Jalen Murrow was the guy. He, Bill O'Brien had said after the loss to Texas that he should not be the starting quarterback. Obviously, Nick Saban explored that uh, option. Didn't up, didn't end up working. Went back to Jalen Milrow. Bill O'Brien hasn't said much since then about Jalen Milrow. Not not that I think he would. Not that he should. Uh, but he was definitely wrong on that aspect, in my opinion. And yeah, and and again, devil's advocate. Maybe taken out of context. Maybe used to motivate the kid. I think there was even it went further to even tell Milrow he should switch positions. Yeah, uh, if that's not the case. So. O'Brien's an old school guy. I remember he's a Belichick now and then Saban. Uh, and he, and he comes from that, that nature anyway. So I think with that, I don't know. I don't know how to take that. Uh, but I thought Milrose, whatever happened there, they figured out a way for Milrose to be successful as a college quarterback. Yeah. Okay. So you, but you still think that's a bad hire for Ohio state, even though you got Deshaun Watson on the resume, Bryce Young, he did something with Milrose to turn him from maybe poor performance early to a legit college quarterback by the end of the year. At least, a, at least a force to be reckoned with by by opponents. I don't think they got worse offensively. I think they took a slight step forward. I don't think it's the best hire they could have made. 
But, I mean, I guess to argue your point, Deshaun Watson hasn't been the same since he left Bill O'Brien. Yeah, and he's had some things go on. Now, what about Ryan Day? Ryan Day has been hammered by everybody. Uh, Ohio State athletic director came out and gave him a ringing endorsement. What's he? He's lost, what, three games in three years? Five, I think. Five. Um, you know, and but he's been he'd been the offensive coordinator for Ohio State, and now he's taking a step backwards. Could you see it as a pot? Is a you think it's a bad hire just straight up because of Bill O'Brien? But could that this be a positive thing for Ohio State? It could if you leave less responsibility on Ryan Day, have another head coach kind of help him figure out how to be a college head coach. Obviously, he knows how he's been very successful at Ohio State. But how about just being able to go to work and be the CEO every day instead of having a game plan for, for other teams offensively? That could help. Uh, I think it obviously could help. But I don't know how Bill O'Brien is better than somebody else they might have hired in that category. So so if, I, if, I, and if I'm paraphrasing you the wrong way, by all means, correct me. You have no problem doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've done it twice already this show. So it uh, comes easy for you. We So we uh, – with all, so you think it's a good hire? You think relinquishing some control so Day can do his day job is a good thing, but you don't necessarily think O'Brien is the answer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know enough about his play calling and what he believes in offensively, um, but he is a uh, uh, he had success in the Big Ten. I think that to me, that's he's had you know Watson, Young. Fair to your point that. We think that he uh, he's definitely, um, whether that could be circumstantial or he had something to do with it, okay. But he's, he's also had success with Penn State in the Big Ten, albeit short-term, with the two years and a long time ago. So who knows? Maybe his, his approach, his toughness will fit Ohio State better than it did Alabama, for, for, for your argument. So, okay. Uh, anything else on the Bill O'Brien hire? Nothing on Bill O'Brien. I think I, we both got our points across. Okay. So um, staying college football now, we talked Alabama. Let's move over to Nick Saban, retired, obviously. Can you go through the butterfly effect that happened based on the Saban hiring, or I'm sorry, the Saban resignation? If this were three years ago, you know, Dabo Sweeney, Played for Gene Stallings was it was a I think a walk on into scholarship there. He was earmarked to be the next guy, and when he had Clemson up on the top. But we also heard Sarkeesian being the man in waiting, and he couldn't wait any longer. They took yeah. the Texas job. Um, you know, people had talked a little bit about Lane Kiffin, but I don't necessarily think that was the the next guy. But was there? Oh, and there was uh, Dan Kirk, Lanning. Dan Lanning, but Kirby Smart being an Alabama former assistant, I don't see that as a unless Alabama was his dream job, but he's built Georgia up to where yeah. I mean, he could go on a run right now if uh, he, he's, he's kind of primed for that, unless it happens like what happened at Clemson where it's a two-year, two to two out of three years being really at the top and then taking a back step. Who knows? But uh, so the Saban butterfly effect, um, you know, what's what's happened because of that now? Update us. Well, coach, we're going to start with head coaching butterfly effect. Um, obviously, we saw Kalen Boer took that job from Washington, left a pretty good job in Washington, took the probably the best job in college football, Alabama. Then the Arizona coach, who's definitely overperformed there, Jed Fitch, 
He took the Washington job. I think that's a smart move for him. I think the smart move for Washington. So where's Arizona's going? Where into the Big Twelve? Big Twelve, I and believe. And then yeah. Washington's going into the Big Ten. Uh, yeah, I think Big Ten's a, a much better conference. And Washington, they've got a lot. They've got. Uh, he did a good job recruiting there. Now he'll there'll be some fallout, and we'll go over that next. I don't want to cancel the punchline. Now DeBoer going into the SEC. He's not a South, Southern guy. He's from South Dakota. That doesn't count just because South's in front of it. Two years at Fresno State as a head coach, right? Or one? No, one year. Two years at Washington, and now he's got what most people consider to be the mecca of jobs. Even though a lot like you know, you mentioned like Bryce Young was personality driven. Alabama, even though they've got the resources, Saban drove that program from. I mean, almost a decade plus of. They were, in, they were in some turmoil and toil, and they had some bad things going on up there. And he he brought them to the mountaintop. So uh, so you, you started with DeBoer. Do you like that hire? Uh, I like the hire. I think there's other guys they could have hired, but obviously those guys said no. Dan Lanning being one of those guys, Steve Sarkeesian being one of those guys. But I think that's a good hire for Alabama, going from a head coach that just made the national championship. Yeah. is not, not bad. He beat all those guys. He beat Lanning twice. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's not a, it wasn't their first choice. Obviously that was public, but the guy can obviously coach. Yeah. But now being at Alabama, he's going to have to deal with the scrutiny of following the legend of Nick Saban. Rumor has it Saban's still going to maintain an office there, which is the, you know, Dean Smith did the same thing. Krzyzewski did the same thing. Not sure how well that works out, but, um, I think the, the boards, he's had an impressive run. At Washington, and, and overall as a head coach, not a big sample size, but we'll wait and see. And the biggest thing with him will will, will he be able to recruit? Um, you know, so okay, so you went his replacement at Washington now was Jed Fish, yeah. uh, Arizona head coach. He definitely overperformed by everyone's expectations at Arizona. I think they won nine games. Yeah, they were terrible before he got there. They, I mean, they've never been good. So that that was a great hire, and obviously that leaves the Arizona job open. And Brent Brent Brennan, I almost mispronounced his name, from San Jose State. That, uh, I'm not sure how well San Jose State did. They did okay. I'm not uh, well-informed on Brent Brennan that much. No, you can leave it at that if you're not informed on it. But uh, San Jose State has not uh, hired their head coach. Yet, yeah, I so. don't think they'll be in a big hurry to do that. There'll be a lot of... There'll be, you know, there's a lot of retreads that want to get out. There's a lot of coordinators that are looking for their opportunity. San Jose State's in a great location, California, obviously. And uh, Brennan Brennan did a really good job there um, in terms of their output. So we, we've had some movement with head coaching uh, spark, sparked by the surprise Nick Saban retirement. Has there been uh, any other butterfly effect from him from a coaching standpoint? Uh, not from a head coaching standpoint, no. Okay, what about? assistant there's uh no no coaching standpoints no okay well from assistant coaches though they, had, yeah they they restructured the staff okay so we had two two what do they call them the, the next of five or the next group of five group uh of five yeah they alabama plucked two head coaches to go and take i think it was south alabama and um buffalo maybe up yeah. the, the look but they they plucked their coordinators as two former head coaches or two current head coaches so that'll open two jobs up at some some lo- smaller levels. So um, it has it has had an effect in regards to that. So what else what else we want to cover with the Saban butterfly effect? Do we want to go into the uh, the players now? Yeah, we're going to the players. Okay. 
So a lot of players in the last couple of days have left Alabama, as most people would probably expect. Well, that happens. I mean, in all fairness, it happens with every head coaching change. Yeah. It's not special to Nick Saban, correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, Isaiah Bond, if you don't know who he is, he caught the fourth and 31 against Auburn. He was going to be their next uh, star receiver. He ended up transferring to Texas. Expect Texas, Georgia, and Ole Miss to be the biggest winners of this uh, transfer portal frenzy. Amazing. Those were three guys that were earmarked to come to Alabama, yeah. and they're now pirating Alabama. Okay, go ahead. Next one. Caleb Downs entered the portal. He was a, He's a star, star safety. He was going to be a starter. Uh, I get why defensive players are transferring out of Alabama. Why? Because they uh, the board didn't have the strongest defense. He's okay. never had the strongest defense. What I don't really get is the receivers transferring out of Alabama. Oh, yeah, I know. He's, he's going to have two receivers that are going to be drafted in the NFL this year. Probably three. Yeah, po- possibly three, probably. So I don't get why receivers are transferring. They're, they're going to have just as much, if not more, production at Alabama. So but, these these are two major players for Alabama. Where, where's, uh, where's Downs look like he's going? Downs, Georgia, and Ohio State are, oh. the, are the ones. Yeah. Well, there you go. They'll... Two, two guys at the top again. So these guys are not transferring down. They're transferring in that that group of you know six, eight teams that have a shot to win in that. Let's just say 12 now since there's going to be a 12-team playoff. Okay, who you got next? Trey Amos. Another defensive that, that's, guy. That's the worst one for Alabama. That's probably been the worst loss for them. Uh, he's He was going to be their, their superstar corner. He was going to take Kool-Aid McKinstry's uh, spot as their star. As I mentioned, Ole Miss and Georgia are going to be the ones that are looking at Trey Amos the most. Wow. Okay. And then uh, um, their tight end, Amari Niblack, entered the portal. He ended up uh, he ended up committing to Texas. He's probably going to go to Texas unless something crazy happens. Okay. So it looks like some common themes there. High-level players. These aren't like guys that weren't playing and yeah. didn't know what their role was going to be next year. These are guys that are earmarked for the NFL, and they're now making Georgia, Ohio State, Ole Miss, Texas – Texas looks like they're going to get two of the four. Uh, yeah. Two, a wide receiver and a tight end. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Georgia possibly could get two defensive guys in their backfield. And if not, Ohio State and Ole Miss are right there trying to pick them off as well. Okay. Uh, did, did DeBoer get anything? I know he's just got the job, but anything in the portal that he pulled out positively? Well, he ended up getting his former backup quarterback, Austin Mack. If DeBoer had stayed, he would have been the next uh, quarterback at Washington. He's probably going to sit behind Jalen Milrow for a year, and then he's going to take the Alabama quarterback. So that was a win for Kalen DeBoer okay. in the portal. And you think Milrow will stay? I do, yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's a big, that's you know one less guy, but I'm sure he'll have somebody nipping at his heels that understands DeBoer's system. Uh, very different, I'm imagining, from what they did with Milrow's. But any head coach is going to run his offense, at least in the beginning, for the guys he's got until he can recruit the guys that fit his system the right way so uh there is another big name that we're leaving off right here that put themselves in the portal um not even a college guy really yet right he graduated from high school early yeah was enrolled at alabama and uh pretty decent in the rankings right yeah julian sawyon i hope i didn't mispronounce his name but uh he ended up he entered the portal he was alabama's next quarterback he ended up entering the portal that's a big loss for Alabama in the future. He's the number one quarterback in the country. He was yeah. ranked number one uh, as a high school quarterback. So a huge signee uh, by Nick Saban. And then now this young man just entered the portal. I think it was today, right? Yeah. So he entered it today. 
And, you know, he's got two other quarterbacks older that are in front of him now because they got a transfer plus Milrose. But number one quarterback in the country, uh, that's, that's not a bad, uh, you know, that's, that's not a bad guy out there that someone can grab, especially those in need of uh, a starting quarterback next year, which I'm sure this kid is looking for being the top prospect because all these kids are in such a hurry. Yeah. And then I, I, I heard, but I can't remember, um, Tunga Baloa transferred oh, yeah. from Maryland. Originally transferred from Alabama. Mm-hmm. He landed somewhere, but I can't recall. Do you recall? I don't know. No? Okay, we'll have to look that up. We'll put that in the show notes. I heard that late last night. It was kind of uninteresting to me, so I didn't write it down. Three transfers in you know three years. It's kind of that's par for the course. It's not news anymore. So we we kind of done with the uh, the Saban effect here. Obviously, Alabama's being pirated right now. Yeah. So the board is going to have to you know put a plug in. These kids could come out of the portal. And back to Alabama, which is a possibility. But if, what comes with that? Game plan, money, right? Yeah. NIL money, and uh, I guess coordinators. But they do have their coordinators now, so they'll have a, a plan. So who knows? We'll keep an eye on that stuff now. But anything else with the Saban effect? N- not with the Saban effect, no. And, that, and that's verified, right? Those two next of five coaches, the coordinators. Yeah. The assistant, you misunderstood my question, I think, when I was asking yeah. the coaches. I was talking assistants. But um, so they are now coordinators. They're interesting moves. So are we ready to move on to the uh, the Harbaugh? Yeah. Okay, so question from the audience. They want to kind of get an update on the Jim Harbaugh uh, clause, his contract with Michigan, and then also are interested in just kind of hearing the jobs he's interviewed for. Get your opinion on where he thinks he's going to go. I know Vegas has an opinion. And if we can go around the horn a little bit with some of the NFL jobs, just remind everybody what's open. Well, I'll start with Michigan. Uh, Harbaugh wants immunity from being fired with cause. From Obviously, there's two NCAA investigations breathing down his neck at the moment. He wants the AD to not have the ability to fire him with cause. He wants that to go to a three-person committee. So, he, yeah, and just so I, cause, just so everybody knows, is just what it sounds uh, you know, if there's a reason based on his contract, which usually has violations in it, infractions uh, to some degree, or losing or whatever it may be, cheating, uh, an athletic department can terminate a contract, which means he loses all all money. Um, they're offering him a 10-year deal. So he wants a 10-year no-cut contract, basically. So. I don't know what the legalities of that are. We've had to have an HR expert on here to break that down. But I'm assuming, based on college football being a little bit of the Wild West, that I would imagine the AD can do what he wants, as long as his lawyers are in favor of that. Um, I don't know what kind of effect that would have on Michigan if they if the NCAA does find anything. Would there be a death penalty? Would there be a – I don't know. Um, but – I think Harbaugh is probably the only coach who's ever put himself in a position to request such a thing. So the fact that they didn't just say no and they're thinking about it tells you they're trying to figure it out. So there must be some hiccups as yeah. far as how how it can be done. Because um, with cause can mean anything. With cause can mean you're not winning games. With cause can mean you know you committed a, a crime outside of NCAA violations. So um, I'm sure they've got to paint that picture with a nice fine tip legal pen. So, yeah. Okay, so with cause, 
what what is is anything else with that with the contract? Not with Michigan's contract, but he has interviewed two NFL jobs so far. He interviewed with the Chargers, which is a great job in the NFL. You got Justin Herbert, you got yeah. Keenan Allen, you got Mike Williams, and then you also inter- interviewed with the Falcons, which I've said and I think you said is probably the best open job available. Yeah. If you can get a quarterback, a receiver. And then probably another corner. That that's an elite roster. Okay, we're going to go into that last the last question that they have for us. But with Harbaugh now, what are, what do you think? He's, so is, you got San Diego, you got Atlanta, returning to Michigan. There are other openings. That uh, what other openings do we have out there right now? Well, the openings you have the Panthers, which is not a great job. You got the Commanders, you got the Titans, the Seahawks put. Uh, Pete Carroll somewhere probably pushed them out. Uh, you got the Raiders as well. So those are the seven jobs available. Yeah, the, the Patriots have filled their position. Raiders look like they're going to hire the interim guy. Yeah. Um, which which you're always happy to see guys getting an opportunity. Uh, you know, with the with the Commanders, I find it interesting. Um, the enemy was their coordinator. He was earmarked to be the replacement for Andy Reid. Yeah. I find it interesting that. Here they are getting rid of their head coach, and he's not even getting a mention. No. So often wonder how good a candidate he actually is. So with, with Michigan now, has, has Michigan been hit hard by the transfer portal at all? Not the transfer portal, but as we expected, that they've been hit hard by draft Oh, draft, yeah. Yep, go ahead. Um, if a lot of the players that declared get drafted, they're going to break the record for most players drafted by a college in one draft. Do you know how many that is? Uh, 15 is the record. Okay. Now, full disclosure, now Michigan does as good a job as anybody as signing and developing, but we're in that still in that COVID period where kids are being granted. In fact, I saw yesterday a kid was granted ninth his ninth year. Yeah, he's 26 years old or something ridiculous like that, 27. So there are more guys that can enter the draft. The, the, the volume is a little bit higher than normal, so – Little little tick to that, but still, there's, it doesn't take away from what they've done there. The record was broken recently by Georgia, so that also had a COVID yeah, eligibility. That's thing. true. Fair point. Um, any any notable names that number one are declaring for the draft? That you know, I don't think there's any surprises, but any notable names? And then, are there any notable names that have decided to come back? Well, the biggest notable name that decided to declare was J.J. McCarthy. I was surprised by that. I don't know about you. I was expecting him to come back for his senior year. Uh, that makes me worry about Harbaugh, whether he's going to stay or go. I think they might have had a talk. Obviously, nothing's uh, confirmed, but that, that was surprised me with J.J. McCarthy. Yeah, to me, that was telling, too, that Harbaugh's leaning. You know, although we've heard stories about John Calipari bringing in his players and saying, you got to go. Yeah. Your stock's higher. You, uh, you can't do any more here. You got to leave. You got to get 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 your money. So it could have been Harbaugh seems to be beloved by his players. I could see that being a conversation as well. But I, my first instinct was like yours, Harbaugh's gone. If that's the case, so so McCarthy to the NFL. Uh, Blake Corum had a COVID year of eligibility. He decided not to uh, use it. He I didn't realize went to that. the draft. Yeah, he his first year was in 2020, so he had a COVID eligibility. He decided not to use it. Uh, I believe smartly. I think he's going to be a second or first round pick. You think he's going to be a first round pick? Uh, early second, probably second, not yeah. first. Um, Braden McGregor, pass rusher. He's probably going to go second or third round. 
Uh, that wasn't surprising to me. Chris Jenkins, he's going to enter the draft. He's probably their best pass rusher. He's probably going to be the highest non-offensive Michigan player drafted. How high do you think he'll go? Early second round, probably. Okay. Uh, Zach Zinter, the guard. That uh, Any team that gets him is going to have an immediate boost to their interior offensive line. Um, uh, Cornelius Johnson uh, decided to declare he's their number two receiver. Roman Wilson decided to declare he's their he was their number one. Yeah, yeah, great. He'll be great an, he'll be a good slot receiver for any NFL team, and then their entire offensive line declared. For the yeah, NFL they were game. they were a veteran offensive line. That that concerns me. You know, on paper, we're not at practice every day for Michigan next year, but all the pundits seem to think that they'll be a top seven team coming in, top seven eight team. Yeah. Off the bat, even though they, as you chronicled, they have one of the toughest schedules in the country next year. Uh, so, well, that's that's a hefty list to replace. But Michigan's done a great job recruiting. Uh, they pl- develop players. We've seen some of their young guys. Who are a couple of guys that are coming back that you mentioned that, or did you not mention them? I haven't mentioned them yet. But the biggest one is Donovan Edwards. Okay. He he's the guy who had two touchdowns in the national championship last year. He had 215 yards against Ohio State. And then if you get Khalil Mullings, a lot of people don't know him, but he had two big runs against Alabama. He had two big runs against uh, Washington. He's going to be a solid number two running back. Yeah, and they're 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 that's what the that's the role that uh, Ed, Donovan Ed, Edwards right yeah played this year. He took over for Corum last year when he was hurt. And if we remember, Edwards ran with a broken hand or a broken yeah. wrist. He had it in a cast, and he was carrying it everything with his left arm, no matter where it was. And uh, tough, tough kid. Yeah, and he'll be the bell cow next year, probably. And yeah. Michigan's old school; they're going to ground and pound it. And he'll—I think he'll see himself as a uh, a high end prospect when the year's out because he can fly. Yeah, he can catch passes. We even seen him throw a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, what else you got with Michigan? The second biggest one is Rod Moore. That's a great get for Michigan. That's a great guy that's coming back. He was an elite safety. He's the guy that picked off uh, Kyle McCord to beat Ohio State to end the game. Right. That that's a great uh, guy that's coming back for Michigan. So they'll they'll we don't have to cry for them. They're not going to be poor, right? No, they'll still be probably favored to win. Now the interesting part we 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 touched on Ohio State early with the hire of Bill O'Brien, and uh, their season ending in a, on a sour note a couple of times. Michigan was like that last year, you know, where they didn't lose that early, but they fell short to TCU. Many thought that they'd. You know, they they barrel right through them, and they made miss their mark on winning a national title. Is Ohio State, as much as the Buckeye fans probably hate to have any mention of resembling Michigan, what's Ohio State look like for returners, and do you see their psyche being similar to that, what Michigan was last year? Or am I, I reaching? I do. I think it's almost exactly uh, alike. Obviously, their styles are different, but when you have all these guys coming back, I'll mention Donovan Jackson, interior guard. That's a great comeback. Emeka Abuko is probably the most surprising one. He was their number two receiver. He was going to be probably a first-round pick if he declared. Didn't um, that, I was surprised by that one. Travion Henderson was the most surprising to me, or the second most surprising. Yeah, you can't have two most surprising. Yeah, uh, he, he's, he was going to be a first-round pick if he declared as a running back. Uh, Jack Sawyer, edge rusher, that one's extremely surprising, obviously. Keep saying that, but all these are surprising. So let's just say they're all surprising, and you yeah. tell us who else is. Uh, Tyleek Williams, interior defensive, uh, interior defensive lineman, uh, great run, uh, run stuffer, and then Ty Hamilton, uh, another, same position. Another guy inside, yeah. So 
Those are guys that are returning. We saw a model of football that is getting it done now. And it's going to be interesting to see because landing over at Oregon, they, they pound you. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also play pretty fast. Washington was a unique style. And again, we, I'm getting dizzy comparing. But Washington's style of play with DeBoer, who's now in Alabama, reminded it was eerily similar to the style that gave Michigan fits uh, two, three, four years ago that Ohio mm-hmm. State ran. Uh, with guys like Justin Fields mm-hmm. as the quarterback. And Michigan had a hard time with it. Now, Michigan's adjusted. Uh, they showed that they could handle it playing. That team, that Washington team, was. it's almost like that's what they prepared for. That's what they got ready for. But I wonder how many teams are going to mimic the style of play that Georgia had, you know, that big big, uh, big line up front. Because when you look at the, the guys that were in the finals, Texas was tough yeah. on that interior line. I thought Alabama got tougher as the season went on. They got pushed around early yeah. and that their guys matured. Washington had a lot of injuries this year. So I, to me, they didn't look good defensively. So these guys that are transferring, I think Washington's defense was a heck of a lot better when it came to, as they got to the end of the season because they had guys healthy. Um, but their offense plays fast, which means their defense doesn't get the rest a lot. So, um, so you, Ohio State, you think, is stocked, ready to go next year? I do, but – Obviously, that's a good thing for Ryan Day, but if he doesn't beat Michigan and go deep in the playoffs, this could be his last year. Um, yeah, he's catching a lot of heat now. This was a three years in a row. Yeah. Okay, so, and then Harbaugh went through that too, and they we saw them reduce his salary. Uh, had to give money. Now he's laughing all the way to the bank right now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, he certainly adjusted. So, what do we have? Uh, so we went through the NFL jobs that are open. Are you ready to move on to? The NFL question we have here for you, you got more to do. Uh, I am, yeah. Did, now, did Ohio State pick up any? You had some transfer portals I remember seeing in your show notes. They do. Uh, they picked up the quarterback from Kansas State, Will Howard. Okay. Uh, that's a big get, obviously, because Kyle McCord went to Syracuse. Yep. And then the best running back in the transfer portal, probably going to be the best in the country next year, uh, Quinston Jun- Judkins from Ole Miss. Yeah. I don't know why he left. Ole Miss is definitely a, a great spot for running backs, and they're probably going to be the best Ole Miss team they've had. Yeah. But uh, money probably had something to do with it, I'm going to guess. Yeah, the NIL is just plucking kids out of uh, – and, and I, I we haven't talked about that, but uh, maybe we'll get to that next show. We'll talk a little NIL because you're you're entering that recruiting time soon. You'll become a recruitable athlete in a year, and uh, you know, you're around it so much because of what we do, what I've done for a lifetime, and what we now do with our, our one-on-one – group so you know a lot about that so probably more so than than uh most kids your age so what uh we, we ready to move on to the nfl question yeah so the, 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 you mentioned the jobs that are open of all the jobs that are open which now did you did you want to mention who you think is going to be positioned to take each job or you want to just take this question and we'll deal with that next week uh we'll take this question okay so of all the jobs that are open, you, you, you read them out. New England's gone now. I don't even know if that was one of the better ones. Which job do you think now is the best opening? Because you're a Harbaugh guy. You want to see him go back to Michigan. Yeah. Vegas says Harbaugh is going first to San Diego. Second is Michigan. Third is Atlanta. So that's the three we're picking from. Now, you can't pick Michigan, so you're down to San Diego, Atlanta. If there's another job opening, you think would fit him uh do so but what's the best job out there right now atlanta's the best job in my opinion they have 
a really talented young roster. Yeah, so take take us through, take us through their um, what the, what they've got. You know, by you know they've got if there's key guys on defense, offense, position, just because it's it's one thing to say they've got a great roster. You don't have to go through the whole roster. Just yeah. give give us a few. Well, their offensive guys. You got Bijan Robinson. He was the top ten pick. You got Kyle Pitts. He's uh, underperformed, but he's got tremendous talent. I think he'll be fine. And then Drake London from USC. So Pitts offense. is a tight end. Pitts is kind of like a big receiver, but he's yeah. plays tight end. And who was the last one? Uh, Drake London. Drake London, another. So those are three top ten picks in the last two years, three three years, right? Yeah. So that's not bad on offense right there. So, okay, I'll agree with you. They got a great, great offense. What else they got? On defense, they got A.J. Terrell, who's one of the, probably a top ten corner in the NFL. You got Grady Jarrett, who's a great defensive tackle. And then you got uh, Arnold Ekabetti, who's an edge rusher, outside linebacker, but he plays edge rusher. Okay. And then they've, they've obviously got some other players, but those are three. When you've got three main guys like that, you can you can have some fun on defense. You like their O-line. I do, yeah. Okay. That's why I remember reading that in your show notes. Um, you mentioned pitch, you mentioned London. Two offensive players uh, on the perimeter. But I did notice you said that you know they've got to fill some holes with draft day. They've got what's their pick? Eight or nine? They got eight. Eight number eight pick in the draft. Everybody's saying that they should trade up and take Caleb Williams to be the the quarterback of the future. Um, what do you think they're missing that they that's draftable this year based on high volume of talent? And uh, give us some names of answers. I mean, if you think you got some answers, let's hear. It. Well, obviously, Start, do one position. At, tell me the three positions, and they'll start one position at a time. Well, quarterback is obviously their biggest need. Okay. Desmond Ritter isn't doing it. Uh, they need another receiver. Drake London is good, but they need another one. And then AJ Terrell is a great corner, but they need another one. Okay. So now London's. Do you not think London or Pitts is a number one? You thinking they need to draft the number one? Or they I, just need more weapons. They either need a number two that's on the same level as Drake London, or they need a number one. Okay. So the, you think London's kind of a one B? Yeah. Type of guy. So you think they need a QB, a wide receiver, and a corner. That's the NFL right now. Yeah. So, uh, you know, with, with there being little to no contact with receivers, these guys are running, you know, free. You touch them, it's a, it's a penalty. So I think I agree with you. Those are, those are three things. So which one do you want to start? Let's start with the obvious, the QB, because you said they had, I mean, there's, you, so with the QB, should they, Trade up like everyone's saying. You got another idea? I got an idea that they stay put. I think they should draft either Michael Penix, J.J. McCarthy, or Bo Nix at eight. Okay. And you I, think those guys can come in and play in the NFL right away? Uh, I do. I do. Uh, I think either they sign a veteran and they could sit him for a year, but I think they all three can play year now, one. I promised you before the show that I had a solution that kind of was close to yours. So I agree. I don't think they trade up and take a quarterback with Williams or May. Uh, or even um, Kiff Melashu. But I think they stay put too. And I think they grab. Now, I'm assuming, maybe I'm wrong, it's, I think it's a Belichick Harbaugh right now. Although they did interview uh, Mike Rabel, right. right? Yeah. So I don't think they got a quarterback there. I think they, they've got to get one. But I agree. I think they they draft somebody in that spot. Bo Nix, to me, is I love. Uh, I think he's learned quite a bit in his 11 years in college, right? That's about how long he's been there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think J.J. McCarthy could be a pick, I, and I agree with Pennock, even though Pennock to me is fragile. But uh, let's say one of those three is an option. I think they sign a free agent, like you said, and I got the guy for you. 
Well, I got two guys for you. One guy is uh, my second choice is actually in the league already, and he's up for a contract. I hope the team he's with doesn't let him go, but Baker Mayfield, to me, has proven that he's an NFL quarterback. He's had more offensive coordinators than you can count. He's been in more places, and all he does is get his teams to compete. So I like what he's done in Tampa. I think he's earned himself a four-year contract. That's an affordable option. But the guy that I'd go after first is Kirk Cousins. I was about to say that, yeah. yeah. Kirk Cousins, bring him in. Uh, I think it's a benefit. Look at Patrick Mahomes. Look at uh, the, the kid Love with Green Bay. Look at Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. All these guys sat for a little bit. Now, I, I agree. There's no substitute for playing. Yeah. But the NFL is so complex for a quarterback. And we've seen that the league make so many mistakes with pushing quarterbacks too quickly and then yanking it out from under them too quickly. So um, that's my solution to the quarterback. Kirk Cousins. And then draft J.J. McCarthy or Bo Nix. I'm not quite – I like what Penix did. I mean, he was impressive. He's got a cannon. He's laser focused. I just – the injuries scare me. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm Bo Nix first, J.J. second on that. Um, but so what What else do you think they need as far as – you said receivers. Who's out there receiver-wise? Uh, if they want to go first round, they can get uh, Romeo Duzier from Washington. They could uh, – if they want to go second round, Xavier Worthy's out there for receivers, I think. That's probably the most likely they get Xavier Worthy out of Texas in the second round. And if they want to go corner, uh, you got Kalen King from Penn State, and I think a guy that's going to rise in a lot of draft boards, Mikey Sanders still. I think he's going to kill it in senior day, and I think he's going to kill it in the combine. Where are those two guys from? Uh, Penn State and Michigan. Michigan, okay. And you like Sanders, so you've been on him all year. So can they get those guys? What's what's your progression? They've got to take a quarterback round one, or can they wait the round two to grab one? I think they got to take one round one. I think quarterbacks are going to be pushed. As of right now, some mocks have Knicks and JJ in the second round. I disagree. I think they'll all be first round. Yeah, quarterbacks seem to get overvalued um, early, and that's uh, that's the nature of the beast, I guess. Because you got to have one. It's been proven. Uh, what about receiver wise? You mentioned the receivers. Can they? This is this this class is it could be the deepest receiver class ever. So you think they can get a quality guy that you're talking about a one B or even a one? Uh, in that second round. Yeah. It's an early pick. And then what about cornerback? Can they wait long enough in the third round to get a legit corner, an NFL corner? I think so. I think, as I said, Mikey Sanders still could be a third round, fourth okay. round guy. So if you were to, if you're the GM of the Atlanta Falcons, give us your draft day, your first round pick, your second, your third, no choices. This is, these are the guys you're going after. And you said you would sign Kirk Cousins as a free agent, spend the money. Yeah. Okay. Even though he's coming off an injury. Mm -hmm. Okay. Give us your who's your who's your selection. Give us one, the quarterback, the receiver, the cornerback. You're taking to this Falcons job to win. In my mind, a very winnable division. You only got to win nine games. Yeah. So give us your names. Well, I would start off with my eighth pick. I would take JJ McCarthy with uh, out of Michigan. Then I would wait till my second round pick. If you don't think Xavier Worthy is going to be uh, there at your second round pick, you could trade up a couple picks. Xavier Worthy at Texas is worth it. Okay. You're not going to have to give up a lot to move up a couple picks in the second round. And then with your third-round pick, i take Mikey Sanders still. Okay, so two Michigan guys. Now, Florida State, LSU, they have some big options. Washington, there's a lot of team with some big wide receiver options. So, And as the NFL draft has shown us, I think a, a kid by the name of uh, – was was it uh, – who was out of UTC? Tennessee Chattanooga way back when, taken late in the draft, third round. Not Keyshawn, was it? 
Uh, I don't think so. Keyshawn no. Jack. Well, well, I'll put it in the show notes there. But yeah, there's this this draft is deep is deep with the wide receivers. So good selections. And uh, how how are we going to close the show here? You got any NFL news that you, you're seeing that we should be paying attention to during the playoffs? You want to give us maybe your predictions on the weekend? Well, I saw Andy Reid might be retiring after the year. And uh, I don't know how great of a job that is at the end because they haven't been great. I think Andy Reid's one of the big reasons why they are great. If he does retire, I don't know how – obviously, you have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And uh, I doubt any of the big-name guys go there, like uh, Jim Harbaugh or Bill Belichick. But um, Mike Vrabel, That I guess. could be a Vrabel job, yeah. Well, you still got Mahomes, Eric- a young kid. I mean, that's a – I think for Mahomes – now, Kelsey is not the same guy he was a year ago. They lost Tyreek Hill. Uh, Kansas City is going to have to go out and get a receiver. Maybe they draft one, a young guy who wouldn't want to play with Patrick Mahomes, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's uh I think they one going. I can't remember who the receiver was. Um, oh, it was Howie Long's son. It wasn't a receiver; it was an old line. He came back his first day working with the Chiefs and being being a a guy with Patrick Mahomes. And he said it's like I went to Area Fifty One. I think that's what it's called. We, you're not allowed. Yeah. It's restricted. You, that's where the aliens are, I guess. So. Um, so you see Andy Reid as a possible retiring, retiring situation, even in the midst of, uh, you know, Mahomes is still in his prime. Yeah. I'd be, I heard the same thing. I'd, I'd be surprised um, if that happened. And isn't that interesting that Eric Bieniemy left to explore their options and he was considered the coach in waiting. Uh, I think but, he could still be. I think he could get that job. But we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll soon find out. Maybe that's why he's not going after any of these other jobs. He's, he's yeah. not being called upon. He's not, his name's not out there, but. He has been in the past. He's interviewed for a lot. So um, I'd love to love to see him at least see if he can do it. He's, been, mm-hmm. he's paid his dues and then some. Um, picks this weekend, any any uh, pointers for who, who we got? On the, who's on the slate this weekend? Uh, you got Packers, Niners, uh, Ravens, Texans, Bills, Chiefs, and uh, what's the last one? You got Baltimore. Bal- yeah, I said Baltimore, Texas. And then uh, it's a uh, NFC game. You got Green Bay. Green Bay. Tampa Green Bay. Green Bay. Uh, uh, you're right. Lions. Lions. Buccaneers. So who do who do you got as your winners? Lions. Bucks. Lions. Bucks. I would say. I think the Lions are just slightly better. I think that pass rush Aiden Hutchinson is going to get to Baker a couple of times. Yep. And a uh, a nice reporter from ESPN was reminded. That Detroit does play inside, so Tampa Bay will not have to worry about the weather. Yeah, she asked that question. So, phenomenal research done on their part. Mm-hmm. What uh, What about the other NFC game? San Fran, Green Bay. I think San Fran wins. I Jordan Love played out of his mind last week. I think he, he'll play well, but uh, I I can't see Packers pulling off two crazy upsets in a row. Yeah. So you're thinking San Fran, Detroit uh, in the championship. What about the AFC? You've got. Uh, Baltimore seems to be the favorite. You're going to have a shootout with Kansas City and Buffalo. So who do who do you got? In the, who's, who's Baltimore play? Baltimore plays Houston. I think Baltimore wins that. Uh, That'd be fun. Now you see the potential MVP against potential Rookie of the Year. Yeah. So. Uh, Joe Flacco is not Lamar Jackson. Uh, they're going to have to play a way better offense and same caliber defense with CJ Stroud did shred. But I think the deep, uh, Ravens defense is going to play way better than the Browns did. Yeah, Ravens are tough. Uh, probably the best team in the NFL, in my opinion. And what about our other AFC matchup, the Buffalo-Kansas City game? That's going to be played where? In Buffalo. So it's going to be cold either way. But uh, So in Buffalo, Josh Allen, we saw him uh, do some fun things last weekend, that long run he had. 
Yeah. Buffalo to me is peaking at the right time. They're still, they're still a little scary for me. I don't see them as, um, uh, I don't want to say that I don't seem as stable, but they seem up and down yeah. and I can never know which team I'm going to get. Kansas said he's been there before Buffalo has too, but they haven't gotten over the hump right now. So who's your prediction there? I think Buffalo wins that game. I think in Mahomes' first official road playoff game, which it's first official, but the Super Bowl was a road game because they played in Tampa against Tampa. Oh, sure. But uh, I think uh, Josh Allen's going to outperform Mahomes. I think Stephon Diggs going to have a big day, and I think the Bills will win this one. Well, good deal. So uh, good show today. We went a little different. We went with our mailbag and and um, you know got some questions from the audience. And just want to congratulate our podcast network. Uh, pot, a sports podcast has, has uh, recognized us as a nominee anyway for our whole network. And also our Coach and Kernan flagship show has been recognized for its, uh, its efforts as well. So two, two nominees. We are, uh, again, some really, really powerful podcast groups and networks being ESPN, Fox, all the big dogs. So it's nice to be recognized. We've, we haven't even been at this two years yet. So we're up there close to 64,000, trying to get to 65 by the end of the month. Have some great announcements next week to our growth, uh, where we partnered with some groups to help us grow uh, in a number of areas, again, to get our brand out there to our audience and uh, continue to provide you guys and our hosts with what they need to, to be a, a good message to kids, families, front offices, whoever is tuning in to listen here. And then you're our newest podcast, right, Tanner? Yeah. Good deal. So doing a good job. We appreciate the stuff you bring us with football, tying a bow on really the college football season. I don't know if we're going to see much more. We do have next week, as of Monday, all college football guys have to declare for the draft. I think Monday's the date. Monday, yeah. Mel Kuyper will be coming out with his first mock draft 1.0 on, on Tuesday. When will we see, if at all, your first mock draft? possibly next week okay so the next show we'll go through your mock draft so we'll go through just round one or however you want to format it and we'll try to keep you up to date on that and post uh, any adjustments to the mock draft as we go uh with that now we just want to uh say goodbye have a good weekend this is our last show of the week here episode 418 the sauce i'm dave d'agostino your producer with tanner d'agostino our host here and uh we're signing off now real voice to the game the sauce I got the sauce. Who made the sauce? I made the sauce. Who got the sauce? I got the sauce. What's in the sauce? I am the sauce. Who got the sauce? I got the sauce. Who made the sauce? I made the sauce. Who got the sauce? I got the sauce. What's in the sauce? I am the sauce. Okay.